What's poppin' internet? We're coming back to you live and well with another episode of the Pace and Space podcast. We were gone for a minute, but we're back with that jump off. I am, as always, your host, Calvin. And with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Leif. Leif, what's going on? Man, it is good to be back. It's been a little while. I'm feeling great. Can't wait to talk some NBA with you right now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We've got a lot of things to talk about. But first and foremost, we want to give a good shout out to everyone who's been listening. Sorry for the little bit of the delay, but we've been uh, sitting, meditating, absorbing all of the basketball that's been going on, especially with these NBA finals. We've got not one, not two, but three games to talk about. And as always, we thank you for listening. You can catch us on all of your podcast subscribing apps. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Play. You can find us on Overcast. You name it, we're on it. So go check it out. And Oh, and don't forget SoundCloud. That's where it all starts. So give us a listen. Give us a, a share or a review. We love it. So we want to thank you. And we want to thank you for following the Twitter account, at Pace and Space Pod. And if you haven't yet, go on the, on the Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Pace and Space Podcast, all one word, and give us any questions, any comments. Uh, let us know what you think. So we thank you, as always, for listening. And, you know, I said we were going to talk about the finals. We've got three games to talk about. That seems like more than enough. But, you know, as it always goes, there's always an extra wrinkle that we have to discuss. And we especially have to discuss this this little nugget of intrigue because it involves your team, Leif, the Philadelphia 76ers. I know. I know you couldn't let it go. Let it go? <laughs> it, would, it would be a disservice to the sports media if I did not bring this up. I mean, this is if this wasn't happening during the NBA Finals, this would be the story of the week, the month, maybe even the year. Brian Colangelo, after a thorough investigation by the Philadelphia 76ers, after a report came on, uh, out on TheRinger.com um, about how Brian Colangelo may or may not be using five different burner accounts on Twitter to express his ideas, his frustrations, sensitive information about the team out into social media, a private investigator, private law firm, they investigated the scenario for the Sixers, it was determined that Brian Colangelo's wife was the one operating three of the social media accounts. Brian Colangelo himself admitted to operating one of them, but just one alone. And long story short, he had, him and the team have decided to part ways. And he wrote a letter that pretty much threw his wife under the bus in the process. <laughs> oh, I hate to be at that dinner table tonight. Uh, is 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 there a dinner table right now? <laughs> like, is that a table? Are are they sitting together at a table right now? You think having dinner? Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, that seems like one of those things. Like, yeah, you're gonna go uh, visit your mom for a week. That's cool. You go do that. Yeah, you you, you go do that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna go. Uh, then we we'll go to Cleveland and watch Game Four. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. In fact, I thought I 
think about it, it's Love and Basketball Part Two. Is it though? Hey, this is gonna break. This is probably gonna break him up right here. Uh, I mean, no one. He's he's not gonna work. I don't think any team right now is gonna hire him. Should he? Honest question. Should he get another job in the NBA? No. Because here's the thing. I think she took the hit for him. You know what? Part of me thinks that Jerry, Brian, and his wife. His wife name is Barbara or something like that? Yeah. I think they all sat around. And I think they all came with an idea. And, this, and they figured, what is the best way for us to handle this that Jerry looks good that Brian looks like he doesn't know and that she takes the blame I Mm -hmm. think they all cook this up I think so too I think so too because Um, he admitted because one he admitted to to one of them one burner account which to me tells me something it tells me that this is a practice, something that happens within the Colangelo family. So, yeah, he might have one, but I'm pretty sure they've talked about these burner accounts before. Yeah, yeah, a couple things, couple things. So, if you read the report um, that Ben Dietrich put out on the ringer.com, he mentioned how he, the one Brian Colangelo cop to, that was the only one he inquired about with the Sixer PR team. The Sixer PR team spoke to Brian Colangelo. Three other social media accounts, Twitter accounts, switched to private at that same point in time. And he confirmed that... No one else was spoken to about this matter other than Brian Colangelo himself. So why would they go private? So either he, so either one of two things: these accounts, these all of these accounts were his, or two, he already knew of the existence of the of the three accounts and that his wife had these accounts and texted her like, "Shut them down." Exactly. So, either way, he's culpable. Oh, absolutely. He's culpable, and he's to blame. And the this is the thing. Like, if it was if it was just what most of the subject matter was about, about saying how Hinky wasn't really that good, and Brian Colangelo's better, and his shirt collars are amazing. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, if it was just stuff like that, he still has a job. He still has a job because no one really cares if that's all it's about, you know? Right. But if you're going to have people talking about failed physicals, you're going to have secret footage of Markel Fultz taking jump shots. If you're going to have sensitive material about that, if you're going to have material about how the doctors cleared Markel is all in his head, I don't know what's taking him so long to get back. If you're going to tweet stuff like that, that means either way, you're done. Like, you're done because if it's you, that's terrible. You should never be doing something like that. And even if it's not you, like, I understand. You know, me and you, we were both married. So 
a husband and wife, they talk about basically everything, and, and, and that's normal for a healthy relationship. But there are still some things, like, like you, can, you, can, you don't have to say every single detail, and you don't have to share the video of Markel Fultz, like, shooting in the gym. And, like, you know, they, the, the person, you know, the husband or wife could, like, know that you're upset a trade didn't go through, but they don't have to know every single detail about that trade. So if it's not you, you're, you're saying way more than you should at home. But it's also coming, I feel like these tweets are also coming with, with his tone and attitude about the matter as well. It's not like just like he divulged information and he's like, oh, what are you going to do? Win some, you lose some. And she's on her own level upset about it. No, she's obviously reflecting his frustration through her if, it's, if it is her with the accounts. You know what I mean? So right now he's in a position where he, like you, the, the analogy you gave is perfect. They're sitting there, it's night, they're talking. He's just like, look, I don't know what's going on with this guy. Yeah. He, should, he, he false should be out there. And B, hmm, I have my thoughts on him. And says all these things, she says it, she goes and she puts post on it. While she took the hit, I still think he knew about it. 100%. He knew about it. There's there's no way he had no knowledge of this whatsoever. Right. He knew about it. He knew about it. And it's one of those things that he's he's to blame. Of course he's to blame. And 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 I'm gonna take it a step further. Hmm. I'm gonna take it even to the father, Jerry. Oh yeah. because the report came out He was threatening the team. He was threatening the team. <laughs> so, what if I were the Sixers, and even though he's only a special advisor, I'll cut ties with him too. Of course, hundred percent, hundred percent. You want to you want to threaten me? You threaten me, and you go and you say whatever you want to say. Right. But I promise you, you know, you may have jobs and you might be working with Team USA and all other stuff. Two can play at that game. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Like, man, like, this is crazy because this, this family, the Colangelo family, they've been in basketball for decades. For decades, I mean, they've been a part of several NBA franchises, both of the both the father and the son and they're kind of like you know basketball lifers and you have this family with with all these ties basically they've just blackballed themselves with with it, with this behavior um but you know you took it a step further and you put it on Jerry Colangelo as well i'm going to take it even another layer past that and you, you know who I'm going to say this ultimately falls at the feet of? Oh, I, I, I think I know what you're going to say. Should I say it or should I let you say it? I'll say it. I'll say it. All right. I feel like I I have a feeling. Oh. Go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think you should do it. I think taking it all the way back and looking at this holistically, you have to put this at the feet of Adam Silver. Absolutely. And here's why. Here's why. 
whatever the word you want to use, um, negotiated, convinced, inserted, forced, pre pressed upon the 76 ownership, Adam Silver's hand was fully in effect in putting Jerry Colangelo as a special advisor to the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, yeah. 100%. And the reason being is because the league was not really, um, they were not cool with, with how ownership was allowing Hinky to run the operation. They did not like the overt tanking. They didn't like the the way he was basically, you know, gouging other teams for draft picks. They didn't like the way he was handling the media. None of that. So they want they needed to try and change the optics. This is what Adam Silver and the NBA wanted. They wanted to change the optics of the situation surrounding the Philadelphia 76ers. You're right. And they put they put Jerry Colangelo in place and not long after that after Jerry Colangelo was a special advisor, Brian Colangelo comes in, and Brian Colangelo comes in with this very murky role. Nobody really knows what his job is when he comes in, right? And yep. there's a lot of questioning of what does this mean for Sam Hinkie, and more and more is coming out about how it's going to be a shared uh, ownership of the front office. Like, basically, Hinkie is not going to get to make the decisions the way he did once before he's going to have to run things by the colangelos um things like that which ultimately led to sam hinky's resignation and say what you want about the 13 page letter and the tank because me personally i was not a fan of the way sam hinky was tanking i wasn't so but at the same time i don't really think that that was the league's place to interfere in i agree and as a fan i don't think it was the league's place to jump in now the fact that hinky left i wasn't like all too broken up on it mm -hmm. but yeah the league had nothing to do with it this wasn't a league matter but like you said when you're dealing with teams who are looking out for themselves of course is a concern to them right because Silver's decision comes at the behest of the owners, right? Exactly. And to me, this whole move smells a lot like the Chris Paul veto trade. Because that trade was also made, that veto was also made at the behest of the owners, right? There was this, uh, you know, outcry that the league was broken and that this was going to ruin the league of, of Chris Paul went to the Lakers. They were making it sound like it was a very lopsided trade when it wasn't. And when you look back at that trade and you look at all the pieces that were going everywhere, this, there's been more egregious trades since that trade. Oh, of course. There, there's been much more egregious trades. And it's not even like the Pelicans ultimately benefited from the adjusted trade that sent him to the Clippers instead because the Anthony Davis pick was already their own pick and the, they already were getting that pick because they were getting a new owner so they gift wrapped the number one pick to him and it's true it's just true I mean they were like 
They jumped like eight teams to get that number one pick. The pick they got from the Clippers was the number 10 pick that year. And you know who they drafted with that pick? Who? Austin Rivers. So they got Austin Rivers. I still, I still laugh at that. They got Austin Rivers, Eric Gordon, Al Farouk Aminu, I think it was. Um, and I forgot the other player in exchange for Chris Paul. Where, where was, how was that better? And how did that save the league? No, this was the owners crying because the Lakers were about to get a superstar. And it was owners like Dan Gilbert and, you know, Mark Cuban crying because they just saw LeBron go to the heat. So, you know, all the, all the smaller market team owners were crying because superstars were going to play in bigger markets. So Adam Silver jumped in and he used the very peculiar position he was in where he was actually managing an NBA team because it was without an owner and he used that to flex muscle to veto that deal. And Silver you know, David Stern's pre- uh, successor has taken a page out of his predecessor's book and he has interfered at the behest of owners, whatever the case may have been, because of the optics. And they meddled where it should not have happened. Now, like I said, I don't agree with Hinky's methods. I don't agree with the way he was overtly tanking. But I also, I also disagreed with how they handled that. If the ownership was going to allow it, then that needs, then that needed to be allowed because... What's the precedent? Why is Hinky being? Um, why are why are people being being uh, placed into into the leadership roles in Philly um, after a few years of tanking and nothing has been done in Phoenix, nothing has been done in Sacramento. Oh, because that's different. Orlando. Different, different situation. I mean, this that that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, but but, but just me, to show me how it just to, just for me to understand why I feel it was done, um, there was no precedent for it. They, they the principle was not really uh, defined well because if they do it there, how come special advisors weren't put on these other teams as well? You know what I mean? I just think because in those other situations it was so egregious. It was, it was so apparent what they were doing, that mm-hmm. if they weren't, if they didn't respond, and didn't do anything, I think it was just so much attention put towards it that forced the league to do something. Yeah. But at but... the same time, I wish the league went and said, you know what? Look, they're running their team. They have a plan. You know, and. It's one of those things where Hinky says it's going to take two, three, four years. And he was right. And things start turning around as soon as he leaves. And it's because not like it's not like Colangelo turned turned it around. I mean, honestly, he made he made a couple of good moves, but he made some bad moves too, like the Nerlens Noel trade. They really got nothing out of that. The the Jalil Okafor trade, they really got nothing out of that either. Um, he signed J.J. Redick, but it was to a one-year deal. So you know what? Guess what? Now, this year, this summer, your GM is gone. You have to get a whole new backcourt. And you have to figure out a whole bunch of items on this team. Because Ilyasova, Bellinelli, J.J. Redick, all those guys, they're, they're free agents. 
all your shooters are free agents. So, and you gave you gave Robert Covington a really big contract. That contract's not looking as good as it did when they. Actually, I never really thought it was a great contract, but it seemed like what team guys were getting paid. But the next another another it starts next year, right? It starts next season. Starts next season. I Man. So, and that's for the next four years. Was it and sixty something million? Something like that. The yeah. thing is this: the thing is they were in a position where they had to make a move, and they saw coveting, and they said, "We can't let this guy go." Mm-hmm. And so they went and extended him. Now they're looking back, and they say, "You know what? We we're in a better position. In fact, we got better faster than we thought we were." Yeah, but and... they that had. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to bash everything because. You know, getting JJ Redick was a good move. Those midseason oh, pickups yeah. of Ilyasov and Bellinelli, those were great moves. But at right. the but you know, but at the same time, um, this whole this whole process of inserting the Colangelos, I'm gonna say, was bad process, and this was a bad result because of the bad process. Even if this did not happen, it was still a bad process, and many in a lot of Sixers fans were kind of begrudging the fact that Colangelo was kind of forced upon him. They weren't really happy with a lot of the trades he made, especially the, you know, Tatum Fultz trade. I mean, that that's that could be that could be the Sixers Greg Oden moment. It could. What Fultz? Yeah, um yeah, basically when similar to how Portland took Greg Oden over right. Durant, that became a franchise-defining moment. This that trade, especially given the fact that Boston was never going to take faults. If no one traded with them, they were just going to take Tatum one. Making that trade now, that can be a franchise-defining moment. It could be. There's yeah, more. To, there's more to go. There's more to go. Faults can come back, but the fact that you also gave that other pick, like, what if that other pick also turns into something that Boston leverages to get another star on that team? Yeah, that's another whole thing. And then they already have Tatum, you know, on top of that, who they were going to draft anyway. And everyone knew the Lakers were taking Lonzo. So if you really wanted faults, you probably had him at three anyway. Yep. So, you know... It's moves like that that the fan base was kind of, that got upset about, you know. But now this happens. Brett Brown is the acting GM now, and they've got a crucial offseason coming up. They got a crucial one. I think they got Brett Brown, and I'm not sure how long this lasts. I don't know if this lasts, you know, two weeks or a month or six weeks. Well, they said he's the acting GM through the draft. So, that's fair. That's fair. Because now you give him an opportunity to... He knows his team. He has the team respect. And give it up to Brett Brown, man. He got his mm-hmm. contract extension. I mean, I you like know, as him. he should. As he should. He's done a good job. Yeah, he's, he's a good coach. So, he got his everything he needed. And now to give him this confidence that, look, you know, you're going to be the acting GM. I mean, Colangelo had assistance. But I'm glad that they didn't try to promote one of those assistants into that position and try to have them work some kind of, you know, dual GM thing. But, yeah, give it to Brett Brown. Let him handle the draft. And then after that, 
see where the dominoes fall. See, see who's available. Hear the rumblings. If it's a, you know, if you hear certain people, you know, rumored to go to, you know, the Sixers, then maybe then you may have to get a, a GM in there who, you know, is able to handle that. But right now, you, you put yourself in the driver's seat, relax. What about the tandem package of hiring David Griffin as GM and then LeBron signs in the summer? Everyone has said that. Everyone. And I've heard that so much. But here's my take on it. My take is, while we want to go and say, oh, yes, you have to hire David Griffin because, you know, he was the GM and when LeBron was in Cleveland, David Griffin didn't bring LeBron back to Cleveland. LeBron brought LeBron back to Cleveland. So I think bringing him back wouldn't matter. To me, that's the equivalent of hiring Mike Brown again and saying, wow, LeBron had a good run with Mike Brown. Let's hire him to see if we can call him. Everyone knows that Mike Brown wasn't the reason they won. Mm -hmm. It was LeBron. So... I'd, I wouldn't go as far as handcuffing yourself and thinking that you can hire David Griffin and thinking all of a sudden now LeBron's going to come over to, to, to Sixers. Nah, I don't, I don't believe that. I do believe that if you really want LeBron to come to the Sixers, you already did one of the best things you could have done, and that's fire Brian Calangelo. And I think the next thing you can do is get rid of Jerry and Mm -hmm. just say that there's no room for such kind of things. And then that is a shot at the media. That is a showing that you have no tolerance for those kind of things. Right. That to me is a better statement than hiring David Griffin. I mean, I agree with that. I do think though, I mean, just forget LeBron for a minute. I think if you're trying to get any of these big name free agents, I do think as a franchise you're gonna want to try and get an actual GM in place before the free agency. Yeah. Um, you know, no, no disrespect to Brent Brown, but you know, th- this is that's an interim role. They're very ad hoc right now, and this team just went through two different GMs in two years. So if you're trying to lure a a big free agent in, you need to show some kind of stability and solidarity in your front office. And I and I don't think going to meetings with your head coach acting as interim GM is, is the way to go. I think you're going to need to have an actual GM, whoever that is. You know, make a smart choice. You have a, you know you have about three three and a half weeks to get it done. But you know, make a smart choice. There are a lot of you know. There's a there's a you know. There's several really well-run teams right now in the league. Try maybe poke poach one of their assistants or something like that. Um, but don't don't go up, don't go there with 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 an interim guy. That's what I would say. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And that's for LeBron, for Paul George, DeMarcus Cousins, wh- whoever you're going to. I mean, I don't think they're going to go after DeMarcus Cousins given their team 
structure. But, you know, just what I'm saying, whoever the big name free agent is, you know, I mean, Chris Paul's a free agent, too, you know? Yeah, so. Uh, so that was my thought. So I, I think that kind of puts a bow on everything regarding the Sixers and Brian Colangelo and this whole thing. Ready, yeah. ready to talk finals? Let's talk finals. All right. So we're going to do this game by game. Um, I think this is good. We can kind of reflect on this, give like more of a long uh, spread out process, not, not go so hot takey after each game. But kind of like give our thoughts after a few, after several days have allowed us to ponder it. So we'll go, we'll go game one. And and I said we're not going to go hot takey on these games. But I, I do know for a fact that Leif is still hot about game one. Yes, I am. So That, that still bothers me. So we're going to talk about it. I mean, game one was phenomenal. LeBron, all-time performance. JR, all-time JR moment. Uh, and the Warriors pulled it out in overtime. Um, so talk to me. What what was this game about to you? All right. So one thing is I have calmed down, which is good, because I know when you talk to me right after that game Oof, that night, that, that was rough. Day, like it was still fresh. Like I, like it was still fresh. It, it, it like it just happened. So. I could hear your hands clapping over IM as you were talking back to me. <laughs> it, was, it was it was serious, man. Like here I am, I, I, I'm I'm at work. I'm trying to be a good corporate citizen, trying to do my thing, and I couldn't. I was just I couldn't concentrate. I was so annoyed. But all right, here's my game one take. That was Cleveland's best chance. To win on on Golden State's floor, to play that well, and I'm not talking about all of Cleveland. I'm talking about LeBron. Right. When you get a performance like that from LeBron, you have to win. Yeah. All time. All time performance. Exactly. And on top of that, I felt like that was their chance. I mean, I'm not sitting here talking about free tacos. Yeah, I wanted my free taco from Taco Bell, but that, that would have helped. That would have helped my mood, you know. <laughs> Going through a whole day, able to go home and get some tacos from Taco Bell, man, that would have been great. But anyway, big problem. Game one were the refs. Now, everyone saw it. I'm not. Sh- I mean. You kind of played it neutral, but to me, the refs are being paid by Golden State because there were some calls in that game that there is no way anyone can tell me wasn't a foul. There is no way LeBron's getting thrown down and they're not calling anything. So to me, that that just infuriated me. And... Let's not even get started with reviewing a charge versus a block. Don't even get me started on that because... I know that play infuriates you. Because but again, all I'm going to say about it, and I know I, I know, it, I know, it angered a lot of people. I know it angered a lot of people, but... Go ahead and say it. Whatever. Go ahead. They got the call right. It doesn't... 
It, well, it I'm does saying, matter because it's the it, thing. We're all mad that the refs did terrible, did a terrible job. We're always mad that the refs do a horrible job. I mean, in this one instance, they actually got, they actually did the right thing and made, and made the right call. Um, now, I do agree that on the reviewing part, I do agree on the reviewing part like that. You you can't review that play because if you're reviewing charge block calls, then you're always going to be, the game's going to take forever. Um, so you that shouldn't be something that you review. That's my thing. However, there's also the bigger problem about allowing that move to be, to is. They they also shouldn't let defenders try that um, try that move to get a charge in the first place. Anytime an offensive player is already in his motion to the basket, you should not be able to come up underneath them and like plant your feet at the last second and get a charge call. There's no way if the player is already making his way to jump that you should be able to get a charge call like he can stop in the middle of his jump. All right, look, let's for real. So that's the I bigger agree. problem with that. I agree with you. I agree with that. I hate that a guy is coming down the court and a guy makes no attempt to stop the play, to stop the ball, to stop the shot. All they do is slide up under somebody, stand there and take a charge and they call a foul. And I agree with that. I, I do. However, if it's something that you've allowed all season now is not the time to start sitting there and calling reviews and reviewing plays like that it's happened all season the same way where a guy pump fakes guy behind a three-point line and then acts like for all of a sudden he forgets how to shoot a three-point shot by lunging his body forward right hitting the defender and getting a foul call that's to true me, too that is the that, and there was one there was one shot when Clay Clay went up I remember that play play and Kyle Korv was on him my man I mean all he, of a sudden the leg flies out he breathed yeah and then they call and they call him that and they call that a foul right. and I'm like are you kidding me yes it's the, so right now the NBA has to handle that because that has to stop right. and you know what's gonna happen it's the same thing that's gonna happen when was that four years ago i believe is when all of a sudden everyone got tight on that delay of game penalty when for like the first 15 20 games of the season there were like two delay of game penalties over inbounds and and it seemed like that was like the new thing and then after a while that faded away and now 10 seconds run off the clock before the play people inbound the ball that mm -hmm. that happens to me right now, that is not the time to review a foul call. That fair, is, fair. I'm going to give you that. Start, don't start opening up the rule book and start flipping the pages. We wanted to see if he was outside the restricted area. Yes, he was outside the restricted area. Once you've established that, keep the call as is. That's not the time to start reviewing whether or not it's an offensive foul or a block. And on Twitter... All these NBA players are like, we never knew you can do that. Right. Because it's like, right. you've never done it before. And I don't care about the two-minute report who says that it's legit. I don't care about that. Good for you. They also came out and said, oh, yeah, this foul 
by Draymond. Yeah, that was a foul. In fact, oh yeah, Draymond that um he had a lane violation. Great. Good thing to know. Who cares? Don't start reviewing calls like that. Don't set a president right now for that. But anyway, that's that's that. The refs refs have their problem. They continue to have their problems. I mean, jump into game three real quick. I mean, there was one play when LeBron was thrown to the not, not LeBron. JaVel McGee threw someone on the ground. I don't think it was LeBron. It was somebody else. Threw him to the ground. And a ref is standing right there and just looks at it and does nothing. Does nothing. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Just threw him to the ground. But like you said, the refs are going to be at the parade. I hope they're going to have their own float <laughs> and that they're going to be popping champagne in their locker room enjoying the event. No problem. But anyway, the one thing that we got to focus on here is J.R. Smith. JR Yeah, cuz actually I want to backpedal this. All the all the talk, all the talk about the refs and I and I grant and I grant everybody their beef. I grant everyone their beef about the refs. But when you boil it down, the 3 or 4 biggest plays had nothing to do with referees. And I'm going to break it down for you. Number 1. They got the call they needed. George Hill on the line, 80% free throw shooter, or or nearly 80% free throw shooter. He's like 78, 79%, something like that. But basically, a short short shot at the line typically gets, makes both of them, right? Making both of them gives you the lead. He misses one. Unbelievable. That's one big play. The second big play, which we're going to expand on further, is the JR play. Inexcusable, unbelievable, never seen that before in my life. The third play, which is where they really like unraveled, was when Tristan shoved the basketball in Draymond's face. The, the team just lost all their composure at that point. Because even though the other two plays still happened, you were in overtime. There's no, There was... I, I, you can't be like, yeah, but we, we, these people took the game from us when you let a, a 10-0 run or whatever that was happen in overtime. So, so all of those things I f- were really the biggest moments in the game, and that had nothing to do with the refs. Do you agree with that? No. You don't agree with that? I, I, I agree that those were big things, but I think you're trying to belittle the fact that the Cavs were up to when the refs reviewed that foul call. They were up to with under two minutes left and it was called an offensive foul so, on the So court. that game, they, that play lost the game for them? No, 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 no. Hold on. They reviewed it. Right. They called it a block which put KD on the line that tied the game up. So instead of the ball going back the other way, up to the Cavs were now tied. Okay, that I, I grant me, you that. That to me changed a huge part of the dynamic of the game. The refs affected that because they could have came down and they would have been up four with about a minute left on the clock. It wouldn't have. Assuming been they tied. made the bucket Assuming on that play. They made a bucket. It wouldn't have been a tie game. Now to your point, 
Yes. 80% shooter at the free throw line in George Hill. You have to make those shots. You have to make both free throws and put the pressure back on Golden State. But you know what? Everyone forgot about that George Hill free throw. And you know why? Because in most people's mind, they assumed that if Golden State got the ball with four seconds left, they were going to win. Well, they had the opportunity to. They had the opportunity to. We kind of felt. But the biggest point in that game is not not the Tristan Thompson thing because that was at that, that point they were already losing by like six or eight points. They were already done at that point. The game was over. Yeah, yeah, they conceded it at that point. J.R. Smith, you have to know the score, man. Everyone knew the score. That, you know, that play actually, to me, though, that play was basically a microcosm of J.R. Smith on the Cavs this year. And, and I agree. He's He's been awful. He's been awful. Like, just flat-out awful. He looks washed. He really does. He looks washed this, this whole year. Um, he's had a couple games where he got hot, but I mean, what do you average? He only averaged like around eight points per game this year. He just really looks like he don't, he doesn't have it. Like he looks like a guy that hasn't been working on his game. And that, that play is just like, I mean, first of all, he made a great hustle play to get the rebound, right? Great hustle play to get the rebound, offensive rebound on, on a free throw, Late in the game, that almost never happens. He made it happen. Um, but, se- you know, several things. You have to know the score. You have to ha- you have to know you have a timeout. Y- he didn't even know that they had a timeout. Why not just take the timeout? Reset. You could do that. Number three, you stared right at LeBron and you didn't even pass him the ball. You look, you look LeBron dead in his eyes and didn't give him the ball. So that's number three. Number four, you're a shooter. You had an open shot. You didn't even take the shot. You ran the other way. Like, first of all, he could have put it in. He could have put it in when he got the rebound. Then you're up two. Or you or you get fouled and you go to the line. Exactly. If he got the ball back and he got that rebound and he went and tried to shoot the ball, KD on him. If it weren't, if it wasn't a block, it's a foul. I mean, Kate, but KD was well, at then, the key. Then again, the K- refs were not gonna do it. Man, go ahead. KD was behind George Hill. He wasn't even. He wasn't even like if Jr. went straight to the basket. KD wasn't even in position to block him. Dude, it so. I mean, and when you in that video of LeBron spazzing because he 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 finds out that they actually did have a timeout. Okay, about that, are you mad at LeBron for that? No, I'm not mad at LeBron, but I thought he had like photographic memory and he knew everything. Why he didn't know there was a timeout left? So <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm not mad at LeBron. I mean. Because, I cannot be mad at LeBron about that. Like because because now and I'm listening to people like Stephen A and and Skip. Those are the people 
who are all like, man, you know, LeBron needs to build his teammates at a time like that. No, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. Everybody has had a dumb friend in their life. Everybody. And when you said that, what happens? You immediately think of a name. <laughs> right. Yeah, everyone right now just had a name or a face pop in their in their brains like, yep. All of us have had or have a dumb friend in our lives. And that dumb friend has at least once, but probably more than that, but at least on one occasion, did something or said something that made you have the same reaction LeBron had on that bench. And that is, and that, you know, just speaking as a human being, that's what that was. Like, how can you not react? How can you not react to that? have to react that's to that. all i'm gonna say i mean that and, and, and that's what i'm saying he's on the bench and you know what to me not only was he mad at jr i think he was probably mad at tyrone lou he's like he's like wait tyrone lou, you mean we had a timeout mm-hmm. why don't you call anything why don't you call a timeout you call a timeout for any other time you didn't call a timeout and, and jr you're looking for me i mean there is nothing at that point. There is nothing that Tyrone Lou or anyone on that staff that could have done to tell LeBron, "Hey, LeBron, you know, don't be mad." Nah, Come no, no, that that's that's ridiculous. I was thinking, I was thinking of um, it's crazy. I was thinking of like that story of John Henry, and and I'm thinking like my man went and did all this work, and after all this work. You're going to go and tell him, like, oh, wait, we got to play five more minutes. Why? <laughs> because, like, because we didn't do our job. We didn't know that we had, to, we didn't call timeout. We didn't know that, we didn't know the score. Oh, and it's like, goodness, man. you were near the basket and ran the other way. And now what you've done is now you've created me, a, you cre- made me another meme. I mean, Thank you. Thank you. That's exactly what I needed. I mean, but that's and, an that's an iconic moment in basketball now. Like that's an iconic moment in NBA Finals history. Like that's going to be a play. Like everyone's going to know that play now. Just like yeah. you know Ray Allen's 3, just like you know, you know, Jordan's um throwing his hands up like like he don't know what's going on after he hits another 3. Um, the crossover to end the game on, on Utah, you know, the push-off crossover, whatever you want to call it, the flu game. Like, you know, that that alley-oop Kobe threw to Shaq when they made that 20-point comeback on Portland. Oh, yeah. Um, conference finals, yep. This is, this is in that pantheon of, of memorable plays now. It is. And the problem is... No one is going to remember the what happened in that game in terms of the stat line. No one's gonna remember that they that Curry had a bad game to carry out the game. No one's gonna remember that KD wanted nothing to do with LeBron in that game. 
Katie had a bad game. He had a bad, bad game one. No one wants to remember that. No one's going to remember that LeBron scored 43, 43, I believe, in, 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 in regulation. No one's going to remember those things. Yeah. But what they are going to remember is they're going to remember J.R. Smith catching a rebound and running the other way. And to me, that's frustrating. That is. But you know what was you know what was more frustrating for LeBron? Playing game two. It was. Playing game two. Because that was I mean, you knew that game was happening too. Because you knew that the Cavs were supposed to steal game one. And even if they had stolen game one, this game was happening. Game two was happening. Like even if the Cavs stole game one, the Warriors were gonna run them all out to gym in game two. It you just you just can't you can't catch the Warriors sleeping two games in a row. Exactly. I think LeBron saw game one. That was a close game. We have to win that close game. They made the game sloppy. They they slowed the tempo down. They made it their kind of game. Right. And once you went to game two in Oakland, you knew it was over. You knew it was over. You knew no matter what the score said at halftime, once that third quarter started, it was like this is not this is not gonna happen. They're gonna be down two oh. Yeah. And and that's what happened. I mean, Steph Steph was just cooking. He was he was he was Chef Curry in game two. Yep. Had a, I mean, so LeBron has an all time game in game one. Then Curry has an all time game in game two and sets a finals record with nine threes. Yep. Which was just, I mean, and he was off to start the game. That's the crazy thing. He was off. I think he was yeah. like two for nine, three for 10 from three at one point. Yeah, he was off. He wasn't. He wasn't on fire. He wasn't. Then third quarter, he just caught up. He just caught fire. I mean, same thing happened third and the fourth. But the same thing happened in game one too. He caught fire in game three in the third quarter, and then, and then in the fourth, um, you know, KD was trying to take over. It it just really, really wasn't working. And and the and the Cavs had had their momentum a bit, Um, you know. But in game two. Curry was such a force, like the, he just put the game out of reach, and and that's really the the thing about this Warriors team. Like when when Curry has it going, it's a wrap. Like you're not beating the Warriors if Curry has it going, right? Which and I think is the the difference. They had their time and they blew it. Yep, yeah, you're right. And and to me, that's even the difference between KD and Curry when you're comparing the guys. I mean. I mean, we're gonna get to game three. I mean, game three was was Katie at his finest, and when he does stuff like that, it's hard. It's, you know, it's hard even for them. It's even hard. It's hard for even like someone like me who's a Curry guy to like feel a hundred percent confident saying Curry's the best player on that team. But you know, so far, I think Curry is the Finals MVP if they're giving it to one of the two Warriors. Um, and game two was a reason why, because his impact, um, not just the way he, not just in terms of him scoring, but it's like when he's hot, the team gets hot too. You, you ever notice that? Oh yeah. Everyone plays 
better. Everyone plays better. Everyone's jump shots falling. It is just, you know, it, it's just a whole nother level. And KD, he's this great singular talent, and he can have great singular nights, but it doesn't always translate into uplifting the rest of the team. And I don't know if that's just coincidental or it's the difference in the way they play. I'm just telling you what, how it, how I see it when I'm watching both these guys play. No, I think you, you got you hit the nail on the head. I think this team goes as Curry goes. KD yeah. is a single contributor. That's the best way for me to put it. When you look at that, you saw game three. Yeah. You saw that the rest of the team wasn't really cooking. They they kind of were playing. You know, they were able to get a basket here and there, but it was KD who had to drive that team to victory. Yeah, I mean, and Curry's the sole, and KD's kind of like the hired gun, and right. it works. Out, and the way they play kind of works out like that. Like you know, game three. You know, we can just move on to game three because that was actually another tight game, but. You know, Curry didn't have it. He got in early foul trouble. He was off. He wasn't hitting his shots like he usually does. And then what happens? You you call in the mercenary KD, and he has an all-time KD game last night. And for and he just kind of said, "All right, you guys need me to do this. Here I go." And then he just gave he just gave the Cavs, you know, nightmares. And he was just unguardable the whole night and pulled out the win. Simple as that. I mean. Curry Curry hit he hit that big dagger towards the end. He had another shot that was big um in in the fourth. Um and I mean he was still playing well, like he was making good passes and stuff, but I really think the early foul trouble kind of threw him out his game and then he never really got his rhythm the rest of the game until the end when he hit those shots. But it was really KD. It was KD's game. It was, you know, he 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 heard me. He heard me because we were talking after game 2 and I was like I think this is the year you got to give Steph his his Finals MVP trophy, right. and and then KD heard that he's like, hold on, I got something for you. So who would you give it to? MVP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, between KD and Curry. I mean, you know, there are some people who are even throwing LeBron's name out there too. Hey man, if you ask. Here's my thing though. Here's here's my thing about the LeBron nomination. How you give somebody a finals MVP when their team got swept? So with that said, I agree with that. And I kinda almost had the same mindset during the first finals between these teams. That was that's a little more understandable. Because let's be honest, we all know and we all would agree the best player in that series was LeBron. Right. And but and, and but you know this happens a lot of time. This happens a lot. It happens a lot where you know a team wins the finals, but the best individual player was perhaps on the losing team. Look, man, that happens. That happens in soccer. It happens a lot in soccer. In soccer, you may have the team who wins, but the the tournament's most valuable player, a lot of times, is on another team. I know you're gonna appreciate that soccer reference, and I know that. 
Yeah, like in the last World Cup, Germany won, but uh, Messi, who lost to Germany in the final, he got the player of the match. He got the player of the tournament trophy. So, to me, that is the... If I had a vote, I would say LeBron, if I had a vote. Okay, well, I think here's the problem, because... When we give when anyone who wants to give LeBron the Finals MVP, they want to commemorate his playoff performance in total, right? Would you agree? Depends. Depends. Because you know, because it's not like like you know, LeBron had an all-time game, right? And he's had and he has his typical LeBron amazing numbers, but it's not like there weren't players because that's the thing there are two players on the winning team who have also had all-time great games in this finals so it's not just like lebron by a landslide that's been the best player in this series like all each of those three players have basically you know i mean lebron should have won game one but they didn't you know curry had an all-time great performance and they won game two kd has an all-time great performance and they and warriors won game three all three of those players have had a game that it was their game so that that's where i'm coming from and that's where i feel like 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 someone people want to give lebron like a player of the tournament award and and i'm with that like he's clearly the been the best player through the entire playoffs i'm on board with that but the thing is the nba doesn't give that out they give that out in hockey but they don't give an award out like that in the nba maybe they should i would be on board with that that's pretty cool that's a pretty cool award and it would you know it would do a lot in terms of changing the way people gripe about these awards sometimes because you know the 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 Regular season MVP trophy is going to be given out in this month in June. And, you know, it's going to be given out to somebody who didn't have nearly half the performance that LeBron had during the playoffs. You know, we're going to talk about rookie of the year, and people are still going to be hung up on what some of these rookies did in the playoffs. So I think what they need to do is just get these regular season awards in people's hands, like, as soon as the regular season's over. And if you want to have a player of the tournament... You want to have a best, you know, twenty-three and under player of the tournament, or you want to do some, do some, do something like that for the playoffs. Um, but Finals MVP, he's getting they're they're gonna get swept. I'm just saying they they're gonna get swept, and you don't give the Finals MVP to a guy that got swept. You just don't. <sighs> I hear you, man. I hear you. I mean, that's that's the standard that we put into this all this time, and so this would be like this. I'll tell you this: this would be like if the Cavs went forty and forty-two, and LeBron had the numbers he did, and people want to give LeBron the MVP even though they went forty and forty-two. Like the team's under five hundred. Why are we even talking about it? Again, I hear you, man. I. I'm with you. I I hear you. I mean, 
it's just like what else does this guy have to do man <laughs> it's like i i get it, it but this isn't the I mean, we feel bad for you award this is the finals mvp award it's the finals mvp award yes i mean i mean everyone's gushing gushing over the fact that KD scored 43. They're like drooling. It's like, oh, KD scored 43. And that's where J.R. Smith messed up. J.R. Smith messed up. They, we forget LeBron had 51, 8, and 8. You know, because we missed that because of what J.R. Smith did. You know what I mean? I mean, this this stuff happens. I mean, Curry had a an amazing game four or game five it was to go up 3-1 against the Cavs, and Draymond is a dum-dum and gets himself suspended. That happened. These things happen to great players sometimes. This dude's going to – I mean, just saying, the, the finals is going to end, and LeBron's going to average a triple-double. Just gonna average a triple double at the end of this. He's gonna average probably 35, 10, and 10 at the end of this finals. That's crazy. But again, like you said, it's. But it's also a byproduct of the team he's on. It's a byproduct of the team. Yeah, he carried the team. If he had, if he still had Kyrie, and if he remembered Kevin Love was on the team, he probably wouldn't rack up th- th- those numbers like that. But he would win more games. Man, Kevin Love don't even know he's on this team. Like you know, like don't get me started on Kevin Love. I'll, I'll, I don't know. I just, I just think, you know, and I'm not taking anything away from his performances. I, I'm just highlighting the the double standard we have with these, with how we gush about these stats sometimes, right? Because oh, we do. That's because we last do. year everyone loved Westbrook because of the triple doubles, right? And then this year when he had better players and he was still going for the triple doubles, everyone hated it, right? And and everyone's like, oh, dude, triple-doubles even really matter. You know, he's padding his stats or whatever. And even though last year he played the same way, it's just the way he plays. He goes after every play. He goes. He wants the ball all the time. He goes for every possession. He wants to make every play. LeBron, is, LeBron plays the same way. He plays the same way as Westbrook. He's just a better player. And part of that is because... It's a byproduct of the team he has. But part of it is also that's just the way he plays. When he was in Miami, he played this way. When he had Kyrie, he played this way. This is just the way he plays. But you know what? He's 6'8", oh, 6'9". He's like 250. He's he Shaq. He's, he's Shaq if Shaq ran like Westbrook up and down the court and jumped like Jordan. That's basically what we have in, in, in this guy as, as a physical player. So... He's able to do things with a with a grace and a effortlessness that no one else can because he has the body, he has the build, the strength, the speed. He has all of that. But maybe if he played a little different, the, the team could perform a little better. I don't know. I don't know. This team, not so much, not this team, not this team. But I'm saying in other in other occasions because, listen, he. This is gonna be three and seven. All of those times weren't because he had the inferior team. Three and six. Three and six. All of those times weren't. All of those times he lost wasn't because he had the inferior team. No. 
but he's but he's played this way. I mean, he's enhanced and he's sharpened and he's refined his game, but he hasn't changed the way he played. He's played the way he's played for for a long time now. He's just gotten better at playing that way. And I'm just saying it's a I'm not knocking him. I'm just saying there's a double standard here because people were roasting Westbrook for getting triple doubles all season long and now we're we're you know gushing that LeBron gets triple doubles in every game. And the other part of it too is with the oh triple these triples that have never been done before. He's playing great, but the but the other part of it is too at the pace these games are at with all the possessions that are that are taking place there's more rebounds, there's more assists, there's more points to be had. And if he's on a team where nobody else can do it, guess what? He's going to rack those up. That's all I'm saying. I still don't agree with you. That's fine. You don't have to agree with me. You know what? I don't have to go further. I, 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 don't, I don't agree with you. I don't have to agree with you. I hear what you're saying. I'm just saying there's a double standard. I'm not yeah. diminishing anything he's doing. But, but, no, I'm, no, just, I'm just saying I, there's a double standard. But let me tell you what I do agree with. I do agree that people have a double standard when it comes to, you know, when when, when Westbrook was doing it, it just came out from people. It's like, wow, he's really trying to pad his stats. Mm-hmm. When LeBron does it, like you said, there's an effortless effortlessness to it. It actually seems like he's doing this in the game. And you're watching the game, and it's like, okay, he's just playing. And then you look down at the stats, and it's like, whoa, he's grabbed eight rebounds already, six assists, 20 points. When did that happen? I didn't see it Mm -hmm. because he just makes it look effortless. But at the same time, if he wasn't on the floor, I mean, you, we're saying what if LeBron plays differently? And I, you know what? And I do think that in a couple years, LeBron is going to play differently. I do. I, I, I do. You I know, think- I should pull back the playing differently. I, I, I got a little away from what I, my point was at that part. Because he does, because to, to your point, he, to, to the point, he does play differently than he did when he first came in the league. When he first came in, yes. When he first came in. And, but, and, but, but the way he plays then, now, he's been playing for... For several years this way. Several years, because when he was on, on Miami, he tried to be a different player. Right. And they were like, nah, man, this ain't going to work. We need you to go back to mm-hmm. doing what you did before. And now on this team, I mean, especially now, I mean, thank goodness for a Rodney Hood showing. No one knew how to create their own shot. Nobody yeah. know how to create their own shot when I don't know. I just like to me it's like we're talking about we talking about like the triple doubles, but the the fifty one eight and eight game was the most impressive game. It was the most impressive game, and to me, what's been the most impressive of of this whole playoff run has been his scoring ability. You can talk about the assists, you can talk about the rebounds. To me, that's all anecdotal. That's that's all circumstantial because the fact of the matter is he's getting all these rebounds because he doesn't even have dudes on his team that can grab rebounds so he has to grab the rebound himself he doesn't even have dudes he doesn't have he doesn't have dudes that can make an outlet pass to the three-point shooter so he has to do it himself but what's been the most impressive thing to me has been his scoring ability through this whole playoff run 
He's yeah. hit a level of scoring that I have not seen from him before. And that's, and that's been the most impressive thing. That has been the most impressive. So if you want to talk about how LeBron has gone from gone to another level, that's where it's at right there. But you know what's going to happen? People are not going to see that because Pete LeBron scores 51, but then you listen to the media and they say, man, LeBron, man, he could have scored – Couple more, couple more times he could have shot that ball. That's not his game. But that's that's ridiculous. That's just people like you know trying to get blood from a stone at that point. Like I I am not I am not a LeBron fan. We we've had many episodes where that's been clearly evident. I am giving his props as a player, and I'm telling you what's impressive. I just don't like I just don't like how people get go on and on about all the other stats because they pick and choose who they celebrate that about. Right. You don't like LeBron because of how the media portrays him. It's not LeBron, it's the media. Yeah. If people treated LeBron differently, then you can sit back and enjoy LeBron the way other people would enjoy LeBron. That's very true. I'm not allowed to Le- I'm not a- allowed to enjoy LeBron because LeBron is always shoved down my throat. If you were able to watch LeBron in a vacuum and just turn the volume down, not be able to look on social media and just watch the games, your view of LeBron would be different. You would be able to look at this and say, wow, this is greatness I'm watching right now. But but, but I'm instead, saying that. I'm saying that, though. But instead, no, no, you are saying that. You are saying that. But I'm saying to your point and to which I agree with you. Come on. Let me, let me agree with you for a second here. <laughs> 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 to, your, to the point is that the media, I mean, it's an, I can't even listen to sports radio right now because it's always a breakdown and it's always that dynamic. Who's greater, LeBron or Michael? We don't need to hear that yes, anymore. Yes, yes. Oh, and I think it's those kind of things, those kind of comparisons, whether it's MJ, whether it's Magic, whether it's Kobe, those are the kind of things that make you feel the way you do about LeBron but I think if you're able to step back and just look at it then you like you said what he's doing is crazy he's 33 years old and you know is doing great and and I mean I wish you know I can go and respond to Skip because Skip is too busy talking about now Skip is wild because (laughs) He's like, man, you know, LeBron was tired. You know, LeBron in defense. He played 47 of 48 minutes. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's... No, no, we're not even going to give Skip no love. He's not going to get no love on this show. Stephen A's not going to get no love on this show. All those guys... No, we're not going to even give those guys the time of the day. We need to have a show in which we could just really go in and just talk about how... They're so out of touch that it's crazy. But anyway, we'll we'll, see. we'll maybe after the finals we'll we'll find we'll find a week to to have an episode about them. But really, right now, I think what we see right now, Golden State's gonna win the series. We don't have to worry about that. And I think it's gonna happen. Game four, we're gonna have a clean sweep. I don't see, I don't see why the Cavs would want to prolong this any longer. Just let it happen go on with it you know i think it'll be better for it to happen this way 
because I want the Cavs fans to stand up and cheer LeBron at the end because I hope they know that this is it. <laughs> He's oh. not coming. He's uh, not coming back. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, now we're getting into our free agency preview episode, but okay. I'm set, I'm yeah. setting the foundation for these. Yes. Yeah, we gotta talk about that as well. We gotta do. So, we we do. So so we're both we both we're both saying game four. That's it. They're gonna sweep. So and you agree that LeBron's the MVP? That's what you said too. Ah uh, no, I'm gonna give it to Steph. Steph, you know Steph needs an MVP. <laughs> Steph needs a Finals MVP. I I hope. He don't need, he don't need yes, he does. He, he well, he deserves. He deserves one. He deserves one. He deserves a Finals MVP. He's gonna get Kobe'd. He's gonna get, he's gonna have he's gonna end up with three championships. He's gonna get Kobe. He's not gonna get one out of the, the all three of those. That's well, a shame. Let's, let's be Kobe got his two MVP awards. Yeah, later on you got them later yeah. on. Because everyone knew those were Shaq's first three. Anyway, well, let's not. Uh, well, yeah, we we won't go into that. I mean, I might have gave it to him the year they played the Pacers because he did pull some of those games out at the end. Especially the game when Shaq fouled out and Kobe won it by himself in overtime. I mean, come on. That's one game. Anywho. Wow. Anyway, so let's just let's move forward. Let's wrap, let's wrap this up. Curry doesn't need Curry doesn't need the MVP award. If he he should he she should get it if they do give it to someone on Golden State. I mean, after all, he did get it. He did get two MVP awards in the league. He did get that phony unanimous MVP award. Wow, phony. Wow. He was phony. Wow. He wasn't was unanimous. Let's stop playing games here. They just had to make sure they proved that point. It's okay. a conspiracy. Okay, well, you're right. Functionally, he does not need an MVP trophy. You know, he's living a very good life playing for the Golden State Warriors. He comes from... a a family where his dad was already in the NBA. You know, it's not like he's starving for money. He has a beautiful family. You know, he's the he's the face of the franchise. Everybody loves him. You're right. Functionally, he does not need this trophy. He has a lot of things going on in his life. I will grant you that. I'm just saying it's kind of a travesty. This he he's the franchise player. He they don't get to any of this without him. They're gonna have three chips. And he's not the MVP in any of those years? Hey. That's all he I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. He shouldn't have recruited KD here. Maybe he would have had another one. Anywho. He, I don't understand why Iguodala got it the first year. Iguodala got it the first year because everyone knew that LeBron deserved it. And they said, wow, LeBron, for two games, LeBron wasn't, you know, he didn't score 40 points in a couple of games. Instead, he scored 25 points. Good job, Iguodala. Yeah, but, yeah, he good job, Iguodala. Let's not give it to the guy who averaged almost 30 for the finals in his own uh, right. And, and at one point in the game, weren't they fouling Iggy because he couldn't hit a free throw? Yes. But he's yes. the MVP. Right. So that it's one's a, a travesty. That one's a travesty. a travesty. That that year, I would have given it to Curry. It should. I mean, it should have. If... Unless, unless you're going back and reinstituting that principle that only happened one other time where the losing team gets the, the player gets the MVP. I mean, Jerry Russ is the only guy in NBA history to lose the finals and win the MVP award. He's right. the only one. So unless you want to, like, you know, cr- crank the, t- the, the time dial all the way back to then and, and evoke that, 
you give it to the best player on the team that won the finals. That's what you always do. That's what happens every year. Keep it simple. Why, why, why change the dynamic? The only reason you change it is if you want to make a very interesting storyline. And I yeah. think that'll be a very interesting storyline going into the summer. Yeah, I I don't see LeBron winning the Finals MVP. I get I get the numbers. I get the way he's playing. It's just you know principally, just based on principle, how do you say this guy was the most valuable player in the series when his team got swept? Not yeah. not discrediting what he did. I'm just saying how do you how do you explain that? How does that how does that award measure up over time? What happens when you know our kids? are the age that most of these millennials are and look back and see this finals MVP trophy. How do you justify that? How do you explain that to them? There's you know? no way. So, so that's my thing. So, yeah. fair. So, you know, we got to wrap this up the way we always do. We got to do our dude and dud of the week. So, dude of the week. We got several, right? We got several. We got several duds. We have one dude. Okay, let's give it to the dude. Dude is easy. We agreed on the dude. He had a historic night, hit nine threes. We gave it to Steph Curry. You know why I wanted to give him the dude of the week, too? Because he's not going to get MVP. Ah, wow. That hurt. <laughs> that hurt. That was Sorry. funny, though. That was good. Um, <laughs> no, pretty good at this. No. You know what? Because I like that he's been standing up for himself in this finals. I like that. You know? LeBron blocks his shot. LeBron wants to act all tough. Curry's letting him, you know, and it, he, he's letting him know, hey, like, come on. You're not going to give me that? The game's over. What are you doing? You know, LeBron want to be a big dog pushing him around, but he ain't take, not like Curry ran away. He, st- he stood his ground. He talked to him. Perkins keeping his foot out on the sideline. Almost messed him up. He let him know about it. He was standing there by himself, you know, the whole Cavs bench looking like they want to murder him. He don't care. He don't, he don't care about all that light skin hate. He's standing his ground. He's not going to take no mess. I appreciate that. Because everybody, everybody wants to treat him like he's a punk. And I'm glad that he's sticking up for himself. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Good pick. Yeah. So now we got a bunch of duds. I mean, duds. Oh, the man. Dud, I mean, this might be dud of the season with J.R. Smith. Man, that... Man, that that is that's a whole nother level. Like that one was so bad. We we we're gonna be talking about the finals next year. I'm still going to call J.R. Smith the dud of that week because of this week. That's you know, it is that bad. So he, he takes the cake. But you know, there's some there's some uh sub winners here, right? And yeah. you got you got one. Who was the other who was the other winner here in this? Uh, my other winner, a loser, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, loser. Loser is a better way to put it. I'm going to make it plural. I'm going to call it the refs. Yeah, oh, the refs. They haven't been great. I mean, all three of the games, they haven't really been good. I think that goes without saying. Yeah. Um. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my other one. I'm going to get my other one, and I'm going to let you get yours. You okay. have a I have to do this one. I mean, people have been talking about it, but I'm going to... I heard this a little bit on the ringer, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna shout this out too because I peeped it and he gets this dud. Kevin loves Barber. <laughs> Kevin loves Barber. Like, what happened to the rest of your Clippers, bro? What happened? What happened? Like, you just had the one. You you didn't have the one and a half to blend it. Like, what was going on, man? He just like faded 
up to like halfway up the side of his head and said, "All right, I'm done. You good? You go out there." What's going on? Yo, when I saw that, I thought it was a joke. This dude's on Banana Republic ads, and you cut his hair like that. That's that's a travesty, man. That is a travesty. We gotta so, identify that barber. Yeah, I I mean I heard it was a new barber, but like still like you're a barber, like you're a professional barber. Like this dude's a millionaire. He obviously didn't pay. He didn't find some rando on the street like yo, you know how to cut hair. He found somebody that obviously charged him way too much money to cut his hair like that. Well, that's what happens when you go to Oakland to get a haircut. Really? I I would expect to get a good haircut if I went to a barber shop in Oakland. Well, if they're a Golden State fan. Oh, see, true. So you, so you think this was a local barber that just chopped him up on purpose? Sure did. They're like, oh wow, you know, he probably walked into a local sports clips. They're like, oh wow, here comes LeBron, here comes Kevin Love. Come on, sit in my chair. Yeah. You know, and Kevin Love not really knowing, like, when you go into a barber shop and you see the guy with the empty chair. You don't go you to don't that go guy. To that you don't go to that guy. No, that's that's unless, a no no. Unless you're really ready to take the risk. You kind of think twice. Unless you're in a rush, you got somewhere to be, and you need this cut as fast as possible, you don't get in that empty chair. There's a reason that chair is empty. So Kevin Love sat in that chair. But you know what? If if that was a purposeful chop-up, he might have to go to dude of the week instead of dud of the week. (laughs) But if he's just some dude that don't know what he's doing, he's a dud. He's a dud. I think we have to identify this barber. Yeah, we got to do some investigative and, reporting. And, and and if and if we find out that he actually is a Golden State fan and that he actually did this on purpose, he absolutely becomes the dude. And then we have to make Kevin Love the dud just for going to that barber. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Love has it hard enough. I don't want to give him any dud awards. Yeah, I mean, man. But I got one more dud. And okay, hit me. Yeah, one more dud. I'm going to give it to Kendrick Perkins. I still <laughs> don't know what... Wasn't this dude on, like... His couch? His, <laughs> his couch. Wasn't he, like, on Kevin Garnett's show? Yeah. Wasn't he, like, just sitting on the couch... And then they have one roster spot left. And oh no, let us not look at the 100 plus possible NBA free agents who can maybe give LeBron a few minutes to rest. No, 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 none of those guys. No, let's call Kendrick Perkins. Put him in here. And do you know what? There were, t- there were a few shots of Kendrick Perkins that annoyed me. Mm-hmm. One was, of course, Yuri talked about him putting his foot on the court, right, and trying to trip Curry. That was annoying. But the second one was after they beat the Celtics, and they were going in the back to celebrate, and he had a Eastern Conference Final champion hat on his head. <laughs> And he's walking in there, and I think he had a jersey on and everything, too. And I saw him there, and it's like, really? You? Yeah. What did you do? And then now I hear him talking, and yo. But that's what he's there for. That 
they signed him to do everything he's been doing because LeBron likes that. I mean, a lot of these dudes like it. I mean, when he was on OKC, like Kevin Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, they loved that dude. I think he's just he's just the big thug people like having in their life. But then, but then it's like a warm blanket, makes you feel you, safe. Did you see the choice words that KD have for Perkins? Well, yeah, they're not on the same team now. Oh yeah, that was us. So that was like, oh, oh. Well, that's that's because uh, that's because Kendrick Perkins uh flipped them off while he was doing yeah. the press conference. Talk about friendship, huh? Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. That goes away fast. Sometimes, but and, and uh, that's why and that's why he's talking and saying, "Yeah, you don't want any part of me, man." I'll say, put Kendrick in for a little bit. <laughs> you know what? Oh, you know what? I just as I'm thinking about this, I feel like we have to kind of give like a semi due to the semi due to the week to somebody. Who's that? Like like a like a B B side due to the week. I want to kind of give some credit to JaVale McGee. You know? He's had he had some good games. He had a couple good games here. Yeah, like, I've been watching him and it's like, I mean, he's been playing well. Yeah, they dusted him off and he came out there. I mean, he got blocked by the rim, but uh, other than that, he's been pretty good. Yeah, but of course, you get blocked by the rim. No one worries about that because you didn't grab the ball with 4.7 seconds left and ran the other way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's you some somehow Javale McGee got blocked by the rim and he's not the Shaq thing of fool of the finals. Funny that the, you know the only thing that would have made that JR thing worse is if he ran back and actually crossed half court and got a backcourt violation. Yeah, that would have been that would have been. <laughs> and Golden State got the ball back. That would have been even worse. Cause then at that point you just realize he doesn't remember what side of the court he's on. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, so since you gave a shout out to Jamil McGee, I'm gonna give a shout out to Sean Livingston too. Cause it, has he even missed in the playoffs yet? I don't even I know if he's missed. He missed one shot. Yeah, like, and it's not like he only took like three. Like this dude, like went five for five, like six for six, in two of these games. Like he's taking shots. I mean, you got guys like this coming off the bench, playing ten to fifteen minutes a game, and not to just bring this guy's name up again, but they're doing more than jailers. Oh my god, this guy is horrible. He's so horrible. Yeah, I mean, he's so hard. We feel bad. We feel bad for you, LeBron. Like you know, you should you should have a better team than this in the NBA Finals. But you know what? This is on the East. This is the East's fault. This is the team you let through, everybody. Boston, Orlando, Toronto. This this is the team you let through. All right, this one's on you guys. Yep. Boston said, hey, we would have had a better series. That's what Terry Rozier said. I know. Terry well, you know what, Rozier? Terry? Beat Cleveland. Don't lose at home in game seven. Yeah, you were up three. Were they up three, two in the series? They were up three, two. They and were up three, lost. two. So, nah. He's the last person that should talk. He he practically single-handedly lost game seven for Boston. Right. You couldn't, you couldn't make anything that game. So, yeah. No, you have nothing to say. Yeah. So it's like last year, 
you know, Wizards lose to Boston in seven. Then Boston gets handled by Cleveland. And then, you know, John Wall wants to be like, well, I felt like we would have matched up better with them. Well, then beat the team. Beat the team you got in front of you. Exactly. That's all it is, man. No one, no one wants this that hypothetical. Give us give us the series that everyone yeah, thought. Get you there. Us. Get there. Get to that series and then we can talk. Be like those other teams and just be quiet. Yeah. You know, I, I haven't heard DeRozan say anything or Lowry well, say he, anything. He better he better not. He better not. Olin Depot's in the gym getting ready for next season as right. well. He should. That's right. He called his trainer like day after they lost, like, let's get back to it. I like him. He's he Watch out for him. I think he's going to keep improving. Yeah. So those are the kind of things you got to be quiet on. And look, next time we have this, next time we talk, have this pod, um, Golden State should be the champions. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to just do a quick finals recap. I mean, I don't anticipate us talking much about it. but yeah. It'll just be a game four recap. It'll be a game and four then recap. We'll, you know, we'll do a little free agency preview. Might talk the draft ahead of the, the picks. Um, but until then, I mean, tomorrow's game four. So stay tuned. We'll find out. I mean, it's possible this could go to the to Sunday. But I think we're done. I think we're done tomorrow night. Yeah, we're done. We're done. Unless they want to do a, a gentleman sweep. But, nah, I think it's over. I agree. I concur. Well, Leif, this is real. It was good to catch back up. Um, we gave ourselves a lot to discuss, but it's finally, it was good to get back on the mic and talk some basketball with you, as always. So, this was good. Um, and thank everybody for listening. You know how to reach us. We said in the outset of the show... Um, keep listening. You know, Leif, talk to the people. Sign off for us. Man, thanks for listening. I hope you're enjoying the playoffs. It's been good. But as always, we like talking basketball. We we talk to you about where you can find us. Just make sure you keep listening. If you have any questions, anything you want to ask us, anything you want to talk about, please reach us on Twitter and also on all our other social media channels and And as always, stay woke and stay mellow. Peace.